0: So for anybody doing a Christmas holiday sort of period of broadcasting, as I was, I was doing The Breakfast Show on 702 in early December, and I was alerted to the fact that a young woman called Shannon McLachlan had decided to go buy a pair of boxing gloves, and she was taking those boxing gloves to panel... Woolworths, whom she accused at the time of stealing her idea, but she didn't do it in a lackadaisical fashion. She didn't do it in a half-hearted fashion. I have never seen a more withering takedown of a large corporate in South Africa than that. It was even stronger than the Frankie's soft drink takedown, which happened about seven years ago, um, when a guy from Balgowan and KZN who created Frankie's soft drinks accused the retailer of copying his flavors, his drinks, his styling, his his imaging, and uh, and uh, eventually got Woolworths to withdraw the product. They still to this day deny that they copied the product. Um, they deny copying many products, but they had to admit that there were some startling similarities between their baby carrier. The that they developed at a fraction of the price of uh, Shannon McLaughlin's entrepreneurial baby carrier, whom she admitted also um, was the best bits of six or seven baby carriers that she'd bought um, to see which would you know, to make one that would suit her. And when she found one that suited her, she decided to produce it commercially. Except when Willie stole the idea, she went absolutely apoplectic. So, how do you protect? your intellectual property. How do you protect your idea? How do you stop a large corporate from wooliesing your idea? Andrew Papadopoulos is Director and Trademark Attorney at Kish IP. Um, Was Shannon McLachlan a client of yours before January uh, 2019, Andrew, or only afterwards when she ran into a spot of bother with Woolworths?
1: Hi, Bruce. Uh, No, she wasn't. She came to us when... Uh, In December, when Woolies had uh, copied the the product and had. uh, What word did you want to use there?
0: I mean, you were were going to use a different word. You were going to use a different word to copy it. What what were you going to say? Taken? Stolen? Appropriated?
1: Any of those work.
0: Yeah. I mean, are they all legitimate words in the case of what happened with Ubuntu Baba?
1: There were striking similarities in the products. No one can deny that. And. They had taken key features. It wasn't a replica. And um, Shannon was left with a, a situation where she had to see whether she had a case uh, to go to court or the other alternative route um, being, being the, the one she followed, uh, the, the PR route. Have you ever seen a more conclusive
0: <laughs> takedown of a large corporate from somebody who really is a, a small player in the world of a small business?
1: No, Bruce. It was it was a a perfect storm. Uh, everything uh, happened. Uh, you, you could you couldn't have planned it, um, or, or you can't replicate it uh, afterwards. I, I would mm. say um, the 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 items that the the features that had been taken, uh, Shannon spelt out perfectly. Uh, the company that took it uh, was uh, a company that promoted um, responsible sourcing and yeah. uh, uh, the, the the good safety. business journey. The good business a- journey, absolutely. Yeah. And then the safety features for infants—that that was also uh, questionable. Um, so it was a perfect storm from from every angle.
0: Now, when I mean, how big a risk did Shannon take as an individual in a small business? Taking on a giant like Woolworths. Um, you know, she did it in public, and Woolworths, you know, would, would struggle to take her to court and shut her down and, and, and be, be hard on her. But for a lot of people, it's a very scary step to take to take on the big guys who've got a bottomless pit of money and they can afford to fight long after you're bankrupt.
1: Absolutely. And w- one, one thing that, that uh, we had to do right was to make sure that there wasn't anything um, false. Any statement that was false, uh, any defamation um, that willies could take um, exception to if if you go to uh, to court and you, you launch proceedings, then your your risk is high um, because you can get caught up in the court proceedings um, with interlocutories, which is side applications which can get quite expensive. And um, going the PR route, you you still are able to go the court route afterwards. But uh, the majority of times when you go the PR route, it doesn't work out, and you uh, you can have you you will have many reports of consumers saying uh, or businesses saying that they went the PR route and then nothing happened. They they might have got uh, a bit of spark here or there, and then it just withered out. So am I right in assuming then that she
0: collaborated with you, Andrew, to ensure that her messaging was spot on, to ensure that she stuck to the facts, to ensure that she uh, wasn't getting into the space of defamation? Because anybody wanting to pick a fight like this needs to make sure that they have their ducks in a row. And it only takes one error of judgment or one factual mishap for the large corporation to dismiss the entire claim and say, well, you know. She said this. That's clearly untrue. Here's the proof it's untrue. How can you trust anything else this woman says, for argument's sake?
1: Absolutely. She she did her due diligence. She checked what her options were, court, uh, what other forums could do it, uh, the PR. When when we decided to go this route, we, we checked what statements would be made out. We did a letter of demand beforehand. So all the ducks were in a row Um to to make sure that there wouldn't be any um, uh, pushback from from Woolies, that we we maintained the higher ground.
0: Okay. So, uh, again, client confidentiality, I accept that. But what did that fight cost her? Because, I mean, you sound like a nice guy, but, you know, you you have to eat. And you're a lawyer. um, And I think there's a special – isn't it a whole year of the lawyer's course at university that teaches you how to bill by the hour?
1: (laughs) Absolutely, um, the, the the costs for for something like this is uh, a, a lot uh, cheaper than if if you had to go to court because, as you say, lawyers bill by the hour. And uh, is it and a thir-
0: is it a thirty grand process or is it a fifty grand pro- process? Where, am I in the ballpark of? of yeah, keys?
1: it's it's going to definitely be in that ballpark. Um, uh, whereas your your court process is probably going to go into your hundreds, two hundreds. Uh, you know, yeah. a, around there. so, so
0: And more if it's drawn out. I mean, the, the the
1: point is somebody with deep pockets can make your life absolute hell. A litigant that wants to frustrate the process can, can raise costs um, astronomically. Ask Jacob Zuma. Did
0: it at the yeah. public his expense for decades. Um, <laughs> You see, Andrew doesn't, he's also, the other year at law school is not to laugh at other people's jokes where you could be implicated in, in, in a slander. Um, so, uh, Andrew, it's a big cost for anybody in a small business, especially selling an, an item, um, that is not, you know, high volume. I mean, the Ubuntu baby carrier, I'm not sure how many she, she has sold to date, but for you to commit up to 50,000 rand to a legal and PR battle is a lot of money. In a small business, it's a lot of money in anybody's life. You've then got to weigh that up, that sort of fight up against taking preventative action, and that is protecting your IP in the first place. I mean, that would be correct, I assume.
1: Well, that's it. It's it's an evaluation. Everything has to come back to to the commercial viability of it. So you say, what is this damage costing me? Woolies is now on the shelves. Their their products going out. My sales have dropped. How much has it dropped? What are the costs for for the legal side? And does it balance um, the 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 commercial side must definitely outweigh um, the, the the legal costs for it because you don't go to court or you don't go and embark on an enforcement um, approach for for anything less than an a, a important commercial reason.
0: Okay, so we're going to talk about how you protect yourself up front. Andrew Papadopoulos is the Director and Trademark Attorney at Kish IP. In a moment. So if it's going to cost about 50,000 Rand and that's not going to court just to embarrass a corporate into some sort of admission of guilt and to apologize and to take their products off the shelves uh, with a lot of pain and stress and uncertainty, is there a way of preventing that sort of thing from happening before you get to the fight? At what point do you take your great idea that you know you've got a commercial application for and get it protected? And is that protection worth the piece of paper it's written on? That question to Andrew Papadopoulos, director and trademark attorney at kish ip answer
1: please andrew absolutely right in the right in the front when when you develop or you start your business or develop new products that's when you should be thinking about what can be protected Uh, there's various forms of protection Uh, most of your listeners wouldn't would would know or have heard of them patents trademarks copyright uh, designs and, and for some of them, you need to have pre- registered or protected um, before it's released to the market or anyone knows about it. So they have to be completely new, um, novel, and that's especially for the, for the patenting and uh, design protection. Uh, so as at the start of developing your new product or starting your business, if there is something truly novel there, you need to see your IP attorney, your intellectual property attorney, and see what protection you can get um, immediately and what can maybe be delayed uh, depending on what what your budget is, uh, as we all know. Starting a new business isn't i
0: I mean, nobody's, nobody's, nobody's got any money. That's the trouble. Yeah, you, absolutely. You, you poured absolutely. all the money into developing this thing, and then somebody mm-hmm. says, no, 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 you need to spend more money to protect it. And you're a mug not. To take whatever legal protection you can, but at the same time, you've borrowed from the friends fam- family and fools, you've bootstrapped yourself up to your eyeballs. I mean what does it cost to go through that process of protecting an idea?
1: So you have to you have to balance what uh, what, what the risks are. so if you if you're looking at at um, something truly novel, a patent, before you can get an investor on board, they want to know that that protection is is uh, has been secured. Um, before you, but b- before you talk to an investor, that protection should be secured because
0: you don't yes. know your investors. You don't know who they are. Absolutely. They they may be very nice and have a big fat corporate office. It doesn't make them good and honest people.
1: hundred uh, percent. And then you've got to go in with NDAs again. Um, more expenses, and then there is certain protection that that you could possibly stagger through w- w- until you start getting some revenue into the business, and this is all the risk. Um, uh, if you, if you look, if we go back to the Ubuntu Baba example, you, sh- Shannon talks about how she had um, developed this product. product as at the start of, of um, being, a, being a mother for the first time. And going to an IP attorney is the last thing on your mind. So the practicalities of a small business, going to see their attorney is, is, is not top of mind. Mm. Um, and, and I suppose that's, that's why they need this information. Realistically, what could Shannon have protected
0: up front. because a baby carrier is a baby carrier. There are probably a thousand designs of baby carrier in the world, and Shannon fully admits herself that she took six or seven of these things. She took them, she took them apart, she tried different things, and she came up with her own proposition. And the the Woolies one was similar enough for her to say, "Hold on a second, that's a knock." Or um, I've got a, I've, I've, they've got a case to answer here. But up front, what could she have protected in something that is in itself as a product, not unique? It's not as if this is something that's going to cure AIDS. This is just a baby carrier.
1: Sure. Um, There probably wasn't anything we uh, we could have patented uh, up front. They... Right at the beginning, if uh, there, there could have been design protection. There was something unique about this baby carrier. That's why it was so popular. That's why this business was so successful. And that's why Woolworths went to copy it, because there was something special about it. And generally, when that happens, there is something to protect. Um, but again, like uh, patent protection, design protection, which protects either a functional or an aesthetic f- feature of the product, needs to be protected right up front or at least 6 months before it's hits mo hits uh after it hits the market um so if we had a time machine and we went back in time we could have protected the design but it wouldn't have changed anything you know part of our business is uh, protection on the one side doing things up front and then the enforcement on the other side and no matter how much protection you have if your product is or your business is successful, people are going to want to copy. So there's no point then protecting it? Uh, absolutely there's a point because it's a lot easier. Okay, and, to prosecute uh, to, if to, to,
0: you have to, to, protected. A hundred percent. Okay.
1: And maybe it's just a letter of demand that you go out and you say, I have this registration, and then that deters them. Whereas if you don't have any protection, then they say, well, take me to court. Um, and then you faced with um, uh, this this big looming court uh, battle. I mean, so,
0: question so on the, the S- can the SMS line um, on the SMS line. Our twelve year old son has designs that we will be putting on a T shirt. We want to market to Woolies or Pick and Pay. How do we do this without them stealing our ideas and us spending millions of rand? I mean, that's the the straightforward question.
1: And it's a, it's a, it's a great example of this. You you you. You've got designs on a T-shirt. So what form of protection does that fall, fall under? There's no patent or design there. There is uh, definitely a copyright. If that design, that picture on the T-shirt is, uh, uh, is original, they didn't copy it off the Internet or, or from any other source, there is copyright protection. And copyright is different to the other three I just mentioned, whereas you don't need to register it. There is automatic protection in it. Um, so if, for example, a big corporate took that design and, and replicated it and made their own line, you could enforce that by going to court saying, this is when I, I designed it. Um, this is how I designed it. Um, and, and as long as you can prove that you came up with it first, then you can enforce it.
0: Okay, so copyright, if, there is, if you've done nothing to protect your copyright, copyright is protected. But if there is no patent on a product… I mean, it doesn't mean that it can automatically be copied. It just means that it's much harder for you to prove that you came up with the original idea and the bad guys have now got to compensate you in some way.
1: Yes, every form of of protection just adds a a further barrier for someone to to copy. Um, Patent protection gives you the strongest barrier because that protects the underlying concept. Trademarks protects the name. So you've got the name on the, on the t shirt, Nike or, or Adidas. Um, you can't replicate that name provided it is registered. So every one of these forms just adds a further barrier for someone to come in and, and copy.
0: Forgive me for being a brash and rude and, and unkind, but isn't this just an opportunity for nice people like yourself, lawyers, um, to, to make a bucket of, out of, you know, problems that may never present themselves in the cold light of day?
1: Sure, the, the, there is that side of it, but without protecting, you are, you are vulnerable to when someone does copy. So if your business or your product does blow out into a big success, it is very like, the, the, the risk of someone trying to take advantage is much higher. And
0: it's almost a test of faith, I suppose, the faith, the faith that you have in your own idea. Is, is if your idea is so good and you're willing to put money into the idea to develop it and to create it in the belief that other people will buy it, if it's good enough for people to buy, it's good enough to copy because somebody else will want to make something that also can be sold. So you are mad not to protect that idea.
1: It's, it's the fundamental of uh, the, the IP will turn out to be the most valuable asset in your business uh, provided your business becomes a success. My thanks to you this evening, to Andrew Papadopoulos, the director and trademark
0: attorney at Kish IP. There's, there's no simple answer to this. You need protections in place if you've got a great idea. You are crazy not to protect your idea. It doesn't mean that your idea is not going to be taken or stolen or appropriated or copied, whatever polite word you want to use. Um, it doesn't mean that that won't happen. But if you are going to gear up for a fight and you've got the money for a fight, your fight is enhanced by the level of protection you have. The Money Show with Bruce Whitfield was brought to you by APSA Corporate and Investment Banking, bringing you award-winning trade and working capital funding solutions to unlock the full potential of your business story. APSA is a registered FSP.